Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Well, family, here I am. <laughs> Great joy to be here and, of course, have not been in the pulpit for a while, and it was just so wonderful to know that I would have an opportunity to share God's Word with you, and I have a definite Word that He gave me, which is always wonderful when you know God has given you a Word, and so I look forward to sharing it with you today, and I don't want you to wait any longer wondering about about this sack. But the title of this little message that I'm bringing is Taking Up the Sword of the Spirit. And this is very interesting how the Lord laid this on my heart, and this has a whole story to it, but I don't have time. I don't have time. I have so many stories, and I never have enough time. But I'm going to be speaking about the Sword of the Spirit. Today, we heard the song... Take courage, take courage. And I have a scripture here out of Psalm 31 that just happens to go with that, Jen. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. We've also had the word of hope in our prayer meeting this morning, which left me speechless because I'm going, Lord, you are orchestrating every word, every thought, Hope, Earl. Hope. And so today I want to talk to you about the days, you know, we have days of trials and tests and adversity, but our hope is in the Lord. And to be of good courage, and I'm praying this message will be a word of encouragement for all of our lives, because we need to not only encourage ourselves and the Lord, but we need to be encouraging other people. As we bless others, blessings come back. As we encourage others, we will be encouraged. That's the principle of God. And so I'm going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit now to help. Lord, you are welcome here. Precious Holy Spirit, I can do nothing without you. And Lord, today I pray this word that's been hidden in my heart, Lord, would touch every heart here. And Lord, that we will know your presence today in a very special way, because it is all about you, Lord. It's about your goodness, your mercy, your love. I thank you for the honor of declaring your word in faith for those that are here today. Let us have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And I give you all the glory. Amen. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. Matthew 3, 16 and 17. When he had baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, and who I am well pleased. Matthew 4, 1 to 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. 
And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. He immediately came to take that word that had been put over Jesus, to steal it. That's what the enemy does. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus held on because he said, we will hold on, we will walk in courage when we not only believe, but we hold on to the word of God. Because that's how we live, not by the voice of the enemy, but by the word of God. And, you know, when the enemy said, you know, if you're the son of God, you know, like prove yourself, that is not what God said. He misinterpreted the scripture, and that's what the enemy always does. The Lord said, this is my beloved son. But the enemy said, if you are his son. This is profound. It's prophetic. And when you get hold of it, it makes you know how important the word is to our lives to declare God's word that we do have the victory, that we are more than conquerors in Christ because we have to agree with God's word. You see, the Lord gave no place to him. Mm -mm, mm -mm. He answered, no, it's written. And don't live because the enemy used bread. He says, you're hungry. Mm -mm. Jesus, I can just see Jesus saying, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and, the, and so, the, knowing that the, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God, Jesus overcame by the Word. He showed us that test. We have tests. And we'll overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony. Hallelujah. I'm going to go through a couple scriptures here. Psalm 41, from, excuse me, Psalm 46, 1. How do we encourage ourselves? Speak God's word. God is my refuge and strength. The word actually says God is our refuge, but you take that word and you put your name there. You say God, and I say it. God is my refuge and strength of a very present help in trouble. Have you ever been in trouble? Have you ever had a problem? He's your strength. And to understand that we can take this word as Jesus did and declare it in his name, in his authority as believers. Are you a believer today? And you have authority. Yes. Amen. We need to use that authority. We need to use God's word. He's waiting. The angels wait, but they're released when his word is spoken. It must be spoken. You declare it. It's very interesting because this is one of the scriptures when I went through a time with asthma in Mexico, and I was very sick, very sick. Finally, I went to the doctor. I was not able to breathe my chest. What had happened, we had lived in a place with mold, and that mold had just, like, consumed my body. The doctor said, Carol, you are in critical condition. If you had not gotten in, you would have died. What, what I was doing, I was praying and breathing by faith. Well, oh, I learned a lesson. 
He said, Carol, you have got to go on a strong steroid. And not only did I go on a strong steroid, I was on it for a long time, over a year, which is unheard of. But that was the condition. And in that happening, I was blown up like a little balloon. I put on all this weight. But God, this is one of the scriptures. God, you are my refuge and strength. You're a present help in my trouble, bringing me through that test. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1.3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed me, who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So we say, he make it personal, personal to you. I say, Lord, you have blessed me with every spiritual blessing. They are all mine. Song of Solomon 2.16, my beloved is mine and I am his. Christ is my passion, and I love this scripture because it's just for me. My beloved is mine, and I am his. Now, that will preach. You just declare that to yourself. Just his word, his word. Make it personal. Luke 18, 22. You still lack one thing. This is a word that God gave to Hal and I. Actually, way back, 1982. He said, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have. Distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. We looked at each other. We pondered the word. <laughs> Does he mean really? Do we, we have beautiful home, boat, cars, kids were in college. We had all these things. Hal had worked at a machine manufacturing company and worked all the way to the top. Promoted from design draftsman, he went to parts department. He went, he became office manager. I mean, production manager, administration manager. Up, 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 up. And when God called us to give up the home, Hal had just been offered the presidency of that company, and I said, "Good timing, God." Whoa, that's just what you gave us. That's the word. And so we knew this is God. This is God. He's saying, come on, I want you to follow me. You know, rich young ruler, we didn't feel rich. But you know, when we were in, when we were in Mexico, we realized how rich, how much we had. How, when you talk about people having things, we had it all. And God said, no. Give it to the poor. Proceeds from the house were given away. He kept the money when we sold our boat. God didn't say anything about the boat. <laughs> That's a side thought I'd tell you about. <laughs> That's not in my notes. You see, when, when the Holy Spirit wants to talk, he just does. He just kind of gets in my way and says, okay, tell them this, okay. One thing we did do, though, we talked to our kids. They were both in college, and we talked to them, and we said, we've had a word from the Lord, and we want to talk to you about it. It is your inheritance. The Lord wants it. <laughs> what? Yeah. He gave us this scripture, and you know, they both just looked at each other, and they're going, that is so cool. That is so great. That's right in the word. Oh, of course, we want you to do that. Of course, give it all away. Give it all away. We don't want your money anyway. And I went, oh, wow. 
God, God prepared the way. You see, in every aspect of our life, we learn as we go. We've learned so many things that I could be preaching forever and not run out of things to say. In fact, I was encouraged recently, again, Carol, you've got to write a book. You have another book. And I appreciate that word that came. And you know, I think, but I don't, to express all that God's done, I don't think I can get it all in a book. <laughs> and so I, I stay upon his word and we trust in the Lord. Our scripture, as we've walked with the Lord, Mexico, so many trials, so many tests, was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Carolina Howe, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me, and I will direct your path. That is the word we stood on. Lord, you directed us to give the money away. You've directed our steps, and every step of the way we came back to, we're trusting you. We're not trusting in what we can do, what we can make happen. When we went to Mexico, we only knew a couple of people. God opened the doors. We were amazed. We never thought we'd be there 16 years. But it was God. It was God over and over, story and story and story and story. Where do they come from? Walking with God, trusting God, declaring his word. He has stories for all of our lives. But it takes faith. And it takes walking with him, and it takes believing his word and making that word personal. I appreciate that God uses us to pray for people, but I'm telling you, the greater way is for you to say, I'm going to pray, God. I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to believe for your word. You have things in this Bible that you have a desire for, that you hunger for. You have callings. You have destination, and you need to contend for that. You need to press in and say, God, you told me. And the times that Al and I went through, well, God, God, what is going on? We would come back to his word. You said we're to trust you. We trust you. We're not turning our back. We're going on. And we did, and we are, and we're still going. Yeah. Yes. Hallelujah to the Lord. You could clap, really. You could clap, not for us, but for the Lord, for his word. His word is truth. He's worth all of our glory, all of the honor, all of the praise. I want to share a little bit out of the life of Apostle Paul. Acts 23, 10, and 11. This is out of the New Living Testament. And I think even just hearing this, this story, that's how we overcome the word, the word, the word, the word. Paul said in the Ephesian, take up the sword which is the word of the Spirit. Paul wrote all several of the books in the Bible, wrote them in prison. He's the one that tells us to rejoice. Rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Paul, Paul that suffered. But Paul said, oh, fight this fight. It's a good fight. He fought it. He stood and if we're going to stand, we're going to use the sword. 
the sword of the spirit, which is his word. Hallelujah. As a conflict grew more violent, I'm interjecting some scriptures here to get you down to what I want to share the most. But I can't go through the whole book of Acts. Hold it, Carol, it's getting dark out there. <laughs> As the conflict grew more violent, the commander was afraid they would tear Paul apart. So he ordered his soldiers to go and rescue him by force. God even used the Roman. He used him. <laughs> Take him back to the fortress. That night, the Lord appeared to Paul and said, Be encouraged, Paul. Mm -hmm. Just as you have been a witness to me here in Jerusalem, you must preach the good news in Rome as well. So Paul had a word. He knew he was going to Rome. God spoke that to him. In fact, be encouraged. He's just been beaten. Be encouraged, Paul. I know this is a little rough. It's okay. You're going to preach the good news in Rome as well. Okay. So Acts 27.1. So when the time came, we set forth to sail for Italy. Yes, Rome is in Italy. Uh -huh. Paul and several other prisoners were placed in the custody of a Roman officer named Julius, captain of the material imperial regiment. They were going to make sure Paul wasn't going anywhere. They had him. So you continue to read Acts 27, 18 to 26. Of course, they're out in that boat, and they're out on the water. And verse 18, the next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. Don't need that. The following days, they even took some of the ship's gear, and they threw that overboard. Don't need that. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until all at last had lost hope. All hope was gone for those men. All hope was gone. <laughs> Verse 21, no one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. That's where they had left from. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage. Do you keep hearing that? Take courage. Take courage. Take courage. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked and land on and come to an island. And so here you are. They are losing hope. And Paul goes to prayer. Paul goes to talk to the Lord. Lord, there's a little problem here. Um, we're, uh, you know, uh, there's a little storm. He went to the Lord, had a word of encouragement, and they did. They landed there. Next part here, Acts 28, 1 to 9. Once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. They didn't even know where they were. They didn't know where they were. They just knew. They, they, they were on a little island. He says, the people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold, raining. They built a fire on the shore. 
to welcome us. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks, laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake, driven out by the heat, bit him on the hand. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand. Oh, my. And said to each other, a murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. Paul looked at him. That's what I think. Paul looked at him, looked at the snake, and went, shook that snake off into the fire and was unharmed. (laughs) Remember, Paul had a word. We can fight the fight when we have a word. Paul knew he wasn't going to Malta. Paul knew God said, no, you're going to Rome. He said, Paul, you're going to Rome. And Paul knew that. So when everything was going, he's like, well, I better go talk to the Lord here. And he did. And what did the Lord say? Oh, no. Oh, you're right. And even all the prisoners saved. I believe that was Paul's heart. I believe he said, what about all these men with me? I think the Lord said, oh, I'll save them too, Paul. That make you happy? Yep, you're going to Rome. Okay. Now they're on Malta. But you see, he had a word. When we have a word, we can stand. We can fight. But we've got to know. And that word that gets in you, the enemy comes to steal And you get your sword out, and you tell them, get thee behind me. You say, no way. Thus saith the Lord, whatever is coming at you, get a word about it, and then declare it. Use your sword. This is a sword of the Spirit. And to understand the authority behind it, it is not the sound of our voice, it's the It's the word of God and God's authority that backs it up. Angels that are waiting to be released. But you got to use the sword. You got to declare God's word. What has God said? Stand on God's word. Believe Him. In the middle of trials, we have them, they're ongoing, but we can gird ourselves up. In fact, the whole there in Ephesians 6. Talk about the total armor. But for today, I just felt God spoke this. And then I just happened to, to, to see this, a little picture of this on the computer, and I'm going, that's a sword. Whoa. Where's... So when I got home, I said, you got to look at this. I think I'm supposed to have one of these. What is it? I said, it's a sword. A sword. <laughs> that sounded kind of funny, didn't it? Anyway, I said, no. Look at this. I want one. I think God wants me to use it. He ordered it. It came in two days ago. I said, Lord, if that's really you, let that come. Yeah. This was such a deal. (laughs) I'm really excited about this, you guys. I haven't been waving it up here too much because I didn't want to distract you. Don't distract them, Carol. But you know... (laughs) This really, many times God speaks to me through things. He does. He uses things to get my attention and say, Carol, you know, I wish I would have had this maybe even in Mexico when I went through the whole asthma thing and on the, all the medicine, all that happened in my life. I'd have been really whipping that enemy upside down and inside out. <laughs> Very reasonable. What was it, $5 or something like that? It was. Probably wouldn't be good for the kids, but anyway. (laughs) I love it. I really, I love it because it speaks to me. 
I, I hear God many different ways. Some people don't hear God like I hear God. That's okay. You hear God your way, and you listen that way. But I hear God different ways. And sometimes I'll just see something, I'll go, oh. And how I'll say, what? What, what did you say? What do you want? Where do, what do you? Th-? But now he's going, oh, I'll order it. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so true, so true, so true. <laughs> okay, so... He's just overcome the snake, okay? He had a word. The people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But they waited a long time and saw he wasn't harmed. They changed their minds and decided, oh, he's a god. Oh, my. Near the shore where they had landed was an estate belonging to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. And as it happened, Puglia's father was ill with fever and dysentery. Paul went in and prayed for him. And laying his hands where the snake had bit him, laying his hands on him, he healed him. Then all the other sick people on the island came, and they were all healed. God had a purpose for Paul to land on Malta. I mean, it's amazing what God allowed a ship to come apart, what God will do to get to a people, a person, an individual, 10 people. It is amazing what God will do. And God, again, used the very hand Paul was bit, shook it off, and used that hand to heal that man. You think about the people that watched that snake hang from that. He's gone. He's dead. Oh, boy. He's, that's it. And now they're seeing that hand touching and healing. I believe that salvation came into that community, even though the word doesn't talk about that. But I believe that. I believe it by faith. So we understand when we see these things, the things that our God are doing are not always what we think that they will be. But here's Paul who wrote Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon, all of these when he was in prison in Rome. That's why he had to go to Rome. He didn't know. He was just writing to encourage the churches. He was writing these little notes, little letters that we read today. But God had such a purpose in the life of Paul, changed it from Saul. He became Paul for the glory of God. And Paul was determined. You read on and on what he suffered, what he went through. He was so committed. He was so passionate. I have a passion for the Lord. And some people can think that's a little much. No, I don't even think it's a little much. I I think it should be much more than it is. But I have a passion because he's done so much. He's shown me things. He's, he's touched people's lives. And, and I, I, I mean, I just thank all that he's done because we were willing to let go of a home, a building that one day will perish. We were willing to let go even of our children. There's a cost, but it is loving God more than family, mother, father, sister, brother, Children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, loving him more. But while we were gone, our family 
came to the Lord, our children, our grandchildren, what God did because his promise to us was, I have them covered. And if God's got them covered, you can't have a better covering. And sometimes we're holding on to things. We hold on to different things or we think, oh, I got to take care of that. I got to fix that. And the Lord is saying, let go, let go, follow me. Whatever God is saying to you, follow him. You may have to let go of a few people. Trust him with your children. Trust him. That's a huge word, but that's what he's calling for. If we're going to have a passion, if we're going to walk in his authority, if we're going to see signs and wonders, it's because we're going to be a people a purpose, a people of passion, a people that are determined, that will not give up. Whether you're young, old, no matter what hits them, no matter what sickness comes. In fact, when I went through that trial, even with the asthma and, and all that I went through, and then on the steroids, that my body got just... I had a one woman at church one day came. I had preached, and, and she said, that was such a great word, Carol. But Carol, I looked at you and said, what have you done to yourself? You look terrible. Hal's standing there. My interpreter's standing there. Hal's going, what? And my interpreter was just furious. She just reacted, and I'm, it's okay. And I looked at the woman, and I said, oh, no, I'm just fine. I have never been better. You see, I didn't die. I'm still able to preach the word. I'm just fine. God is good. And she didn't understand. How could Carol say that? Yeah, persecution because of looking a little different, comes many different ways. The trials, the tests, the, the little darts of the enemy, but we have the sword. And we need to die to self. God makes sure, he makes sure of that. Oh, boy. He's always got someone that has a word for you or someone that feels they should tell you something or shake it off. Shake it off. Aren't you the one that, shake it off. Didn't you do that? Shake it off. Shake it off and move on in your life. No more pity parties, family. No more. No more. Take hold of God's word. Take courage. We need to be a people of courage, and I encourage you today to take courage. Take courage for your family. Take Take courage for what you're going through. God, if you're for me, no one can be against you. I believe your word. I want the worship team to come. I want to sing that one song again and remind you what Paul said in prison. It's in Philippians 4. Rejoice, and again I say rejoice. And I love this song because when I heard the words one day, I said, Lord, that goes with this message. And I didn't think that was a coincidence. He knew exactly what he wanted to say. And he's saying them through these words. So I just, I want you to listen. Just listen to these words and let it go into your spirit. What the spirit is saying to his people, to each one of you. The word from the Lord. The word to encourage and strengthen you. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. All things are possible to those who will believe me, says the Lord. Victory is yours in me. Walk in a victorious attitude. Take off the garments of sadness. Put on the garments of praise. Trust me, says the Lord. Trust me. Beautiful presence of the Lord here. Many of you, many of you, hearing what the Spirit is saying, so important. So many voices clamor for our attention. But you're hearing the Spirit. If you want to come up, we'll just lay hands on you and bless you. But whether you want to come up whether you want to stay there, whether you just want to stand up, you make the decision. He's for you. He loves you. He's telling you, my word is for you. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You can do all things through me, says the Lord. There shall be nothing impossible for you, says the Lord, if you will simply believe and receive and be doers of my word. That's what he's saying. Receive it. Believe it. Walk it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 